And welcome into a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Well, lawmakers are busy hearing from agriculture about the needs of the next farm bill. Oklahoma Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen has spent a significant amount of time traveling his state and hearing from rural residents. Many producers have different concerns when it comes to work being completed in the ag space, from crop insurance of the farm bill to foreign land ownership impacting agriculture. That discussion is interesting because when we start diving into that and let them understand that the Chinese aren't buying it, it's like a third company that's buying it. It's a, an investor that's a billionaire or a millionaire in, in China, which is honestly, you're going to be connected to the government if you're wealthy in China. They're buying it through an LLC that they set up in the United States that's invested in into a hedge fund that a hedge fund owns 150 different entities and that hedge fund is buying the land and so it's no there's no way for the united states to actually pay attention to that instead mullen said the united states must pay attention to the land being bought in strategic areas such as around air force bases there's no way for us to be able to see that and then to be able to peel the onions off at the same way. So what we have to do is pay attention to strategic areas like land being purchased around Fort Sill or around Altus Air Force Base or around Vance Air Force Base and see what that land purchase is and see if that's being purchased by an adversary that's an investor and how we need to handle it. So each one of them is different. Mullen is not a member of the Senate Agriculture Committee, but does serve on the Environment and Public Works Committee and the Indian Affairs Committee. Robobank released its Global Pork Quarterly Quarter 2 update, and some headwinds are working against the global and domestic pork industry. Christine McCracken is a senior animal protein analyst with Robo Research, and she says they're seeing lower trends in pork consumption. We've seen some interesting dynamics as economic conditions have weakened, and it really reflects the impact of inflation and how that can impact the overall purchases of not just pork, but all proteins and all food and beverage as well. What we've seen here in the U.S is some rather uninspiring pork consumption numbers as we've gone through the spring. And that's really put a lot of pressure on the overall market. We've built some inventory and it may be that as we enter into the grilling season and people get back out into their backyards and, and fire up those grills and their smokers that we move some of this. I do think that's likely. Inflation is also slowing international pork consumption. It also affects the global markets, right? Because if we think about those same economic pressures that our U.S. consumers are seeing, it's a bit of the same picture around the world. Inflation is a global phenomenon and, and it is impacting protein consumption. China isn't fully back online. When you think about how pork is consumed in China, a lot of that is in group settings, which they're not super excited about coming out of COVID. As it stands today, you know, it's been a bit of a struggle here as we've come out of the first quarter. Pork producers have been squeezed by tight global feed stocks, causing feed cost volatility. I think it's gotten a bit better. The reality is we had a great crop in South America, or at least in Brazil, and that's given them a bit of relief. They've had some tough times getting that product out of country, so producers in Brazil are in good shape. But the rest of us are looking at old crop and wondering how we're going to fare as we head into the next harvest. I think there's some pretty high expectations out there for the next harvest, and I think that that could, combined with the large South American crop, give us some cost relief. While some relief on feed prices may be ahead, global feed supplies will remain a concern in 2023. 
In the meantime, African swine fever continues to be a problem, especially in China. It's going to be an ongoing battle in Asia. I think China, especially in northern China, they're still having a, a pretty big issue with ASF and have probably lost within China itself about 10% of their sow herd. I think where we've seen some progress is maybe in Europe. They've been able to manage it fairly well. Going forward, that's going to be something they'll continue to battle. And it's because it's in that wild boar population. You know, if we were to get here, we'd have those same kind of issues. But for now, it seems to be fairly well contained. Now, McCracken says the affordability of pork compared to other proteins could give it an advantage in retail and food service channels during 2023. Well, Senate Agriculture Committee lawmakers heard from farmers and ranchers during a farm bill hearing on Tuesday. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall shared with the committee the challenges farmers and ranchers face today. Like rising interest rates, production expense that keeps increasing year after year, but also told them about the opportunities ahead of us. Agriculture is doing more with less thanks to innovation and research, and our sustainability story is something that we all ought to be proud of as farmers and ranchers. Most importantly, I emphasize the need for strong farm safety net, including crop insurance and the farm bill support programs, and the importance of a unified farm bill that keeps nutrition programs and farm programs together. Duvall says there are several investments farmers and ranchers need from the farm bill. We'll need investments into agriculture's research, investment in voluntary incentive-based conservation programs, and investment to ensure those facing hunger have access to nutritious food that farmers are dedicated to producing. All of these investments come through the Farm Bill. But nearly half of all of our Congress has never worked on a Farm Bill process before. And it is more important than ever that farmers and ranchers use their voice to help Congress understand the importance of the Farm Bill. Duvall says there are several ways to stay involved in the legislative process. I encourage all farmers and ranchers to reach out to the member of Congress to see if he or she's going to be in their area. Whether it's a listening session or a town hall meeting, our farmers need to be at those meetings and share their story of their farm. If they're not already a Farm Bureau member, I encourage them to join us at our county level and get involved in the grassroots policy-making process. That is time well spent as a farmer. You can learn more online at fb.org forward slash advocacy. Well, John Deere is planning to release its first all-electric autonomous tractor by 2026. Whenever he talks about electric tractors, John Gilbeck always gets the inevitable question, when will big green tractors be electric powered? Well, don't expect any battery-powered 7R or 8R John Deere tractors anytime soon, but you can expect a smaller electric-powered John Deere tractor in a couple of years. Gilbeck, John Deere's construction equipment product manager and electrification lead, says the company is aiming to produce at least one fully electric autonomous tractor by 2026, according to this report from Farm Progress. Speaking at a recent media event at John Deere's Austin, Texas area test farm, he says the company is taking a multi-pronged approach to alternative energy as more customers want the company to develop sustainable solutions to power its fleet. Now, this includes the development of more energy-efficient diesel engines that will reduce fuel usage 5 to 10% and the promotion of more alternative fuels. Gilbeck said, quote, John Deere engines are 100% compatible with a drop-in renewable diesel production as well as up to 20% biofuels, end quote. But fully electric machines are on the company's wish list, too. Last fall, Deere bought a majority ownership stake in Austrian company Kreisel Electric, which has developed a proprietary battery cooling technology that it claims results in longer battery life and higher performance. A press release on the Kreisel deal stated that Deere is planning to speed up battery production at their facility in Austria, as well as opening a new facility 
completing its own production facility in Sarin, France, and adding a battery production facility in the United States. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.